Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacks' Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Man like Mo, full furnace. Full Day furnace. Furnace. I'm, so I'm, I'm guessing by your comment before that you guys didn't record last week. No, we didn't record last week, but we do have a episode from... Got one in the chamber! That's going to go out <laughs> yeah. on Monday. So you know what? Last week I was away on 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 a camping work trip. You know, as I was in the tent, I was just there thinking like, "Rah, this is how Abraham and Denman would have been living in tents. We were living in the tents." Yeah, I was like, yeah. "I was like, yo, babe, you're my yo 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 my Abrahamic wife. We're doing yeah. Abrahamic living right now, bro." I bet she didn't call you Lord. Yeah, she did. She calls you Lord too, right? <laughs> Yeah, you walked into that one. I just kind of set myself up. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting just thinking like, right, this is how these men used to live back in the day. They used to just have a tent, just pitch it up. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Do you know, I don't I don't quite know how the HTB tents are and stuff, yeah. Um, man dropped the whole name, you know. I don't know how the, the tents are. And, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I think... I, I have always assumed that um, our perception of tent and their reality of tent is different. Mm. Um, because when they pitched a tent, it was, my my understanding is almost like that was home. So it had homely comforts and stuff. It's not just like one of them pop-up tents with a sleeping bag. <laughs> you know, like that, like, there was a couch. There was there were there were rugs. There there was stuff in it yeah, that yeah. was at home. Because um, even the tabernacle was pitched in the tent, and so I, I almost assumed, I wonder. I, oh, mm. I almost I, assumed it to be like a circus big top or something like. Not necessarily the big top, mm, but like a circus type of tent mm, um, where you can you can have a bunch of stuff in it. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if Abraham's situation was a bit more permanent because he sort of was going, not knowing where he was going, but he was heading somewhere where he stopped, He could stop on the way, as it were. But yeah. then Moses, they knew they were only going to be there for X amount of time. Like they had to, they had to be ready to go because when they saw yeah. the pillar move, they had to follow. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, yeah. Because no, even with um, Israel, when he went back to see. Esau um, and Esau was like yo like let let my guys go in front of you mm. and Jacob was like nah like I've got young people with me and young kids like they pitched the tent and his whole camp mm. lived there for some time and I was just like yo like this this must have been substantial and even when Rachel mm. Rachel um, in her tent she was sit. She had dug the earth, and then she was sitting on the t- uh, sitting on like the camel skin. So I'm like, all right, the, the structure might have been more permanent. Mm. I mean, more substantial than what mm. I am aware of, anyways. But yeah, no, that's beside the point. Um, the same living of like um, temporary accommodations, where you know that like, you can break it down and kind of move on, mm-hmm. is yeah. still is still like relevant. Yeah, shout out to the tank gang. Um, I don't know how the man do it. 
Mm. Would you guys go 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 like camping with your kids and stuff? So I think Noah would be more inclined than Leia. You've done a caravan before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a caravan. They all loved it. And it was literally right beside the beach and stuff. But that was the first time that the kids were sleeping in the same room as each other. So the first night we had put them down to sleep at seven. They didn't sleep till about 10 because they just kept on talking with each other. (laughs) Um, But now they're just like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to bed. (laughs) Um... So they've done a caravan and they enjoyed it. They wanted to go back actually. But I know that Leia is so precious when it comes to like bugs and insects and stuff like that. If she's gonna be in the tent, yeah, she's gonna be so paranoid. Mm. How about for you, PR? I mean, Zara would do it. Anita's a wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she would get her head around the fact that we're sleeping outside when we have a room. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I do intend to at some point. Like, I mean, that's basically what houses. Sorry? That's basically what houses. No, this is what I mean. Like, why would you take leave a house and go and sleep in a tent? Like, No, but no, 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 I'm saying the tent is basically a house. Yeah, well, it's not. That's material. Well, basically. So. <laughs> basically. Yeah, I, I do intend to like see how Z would do, like just camp in a garden or something. Mm. Um, and then if that goes well, I'll take it, you know. To be fair, I'm not I'm not the best camper myself. Like what we did when we were training um, wasn't really camping. It was like a waterproof sheet. You, you hang between trees and you dig yourself a little three foot, two foot trench. You sleep in it. So it wasn't quite camping, but I like that, to be fair. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You enjoying yourself there, Moses? It's cookies. If you guys cool. are hearing the crunch. Who's in the hot seat? Well, you man can hear it. Yes, yeah, sir. We can hear it. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it should be like someone owes you an apology. Um, <laughs> no, I'm in the hot seat. I think yeah, I'm in the hot saying, seat. Mo should be in the hot seat. The thing I've got, I've got an offensive question. To be fair, so. Raw. Cool. All right. So, can I go first? Go for it. it, it I say offensive question. It's just <laughs> the way I thought about it was was offensive, but I can't say offensively. So, yeah. Um, yes, you can. No, no, no. My question is just: Are you being your best self? And if if you are. How are you sustaining it if you are not? What's holding you back? That's a good question. Um, Yeah. Do you know what? I think... That's a very good question. Because what what does your best look like? Um, And in what area of life is it? Holistically, is it spiritually? Is it physically? Is it husband? Like... Um, I, one thing that I think is holding me back is sleep. The more sleep that I get, Mm. the better I I feel I, um, the more I am able to give to things. So trying to get my sleep in a good space, Mm. a piece of chocolate just melted into my clothes. 
Um, so now it looks like I got a poo stain on my on my, on my shorts. We didn't need the extra information. <laughs> we could have. We 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 got the idea. We got the idea. Try cut that out of the podcast. Um, so yeah, I think sleep would be would do good, but I think I yeah, it's difficult because I'm now trying to evaluate the different areas of my life. Um, I think I am in a, I am in, I am not doing my best, but I am doing above average. Mm. So if it was like percentages, I can say I'm doing about 80%. Okay. I'm not quite at a hundred. And the reason I'll say 80% is, um, I have, I'm a big advocate for building habits building habits for things that you want to do um which would necessitate you knowing the end towards which you want to work towards like where you want to go and then trying to build habits to kind of keep you going there so even on an off day by virtue of just following these habits you're still heading in that direction so it's a case of I want to I want to live a physically healthier lifestyle I may not be able to get to the gym but if I recognize that I'm not in the gym, I may then watch what I'm eating extra cautiously, be extra cautious around what I'm eating to kind of come, um, take into consideration the fact that I didn't get into the gym. So because I, I have been able to identify the things that I want to work towards and having these micro goals, these habits, I've been able to set up a routine where it's like, all right, relationally trying to make sure that certain things are in place and stuff like that. Um, but I haven't been able to commit fully to it because of fatigue. So I'm still consistently working towards them, but the vim with which I'd like to be able to put behind them hasn't been there because I'm feeling sluggish. So yeah, I would say I'm at about 80%, which I'm, I'm happy with, it hasn't dipped. Um, I'm still present. I'm still doing different things. I'm still like consistently chipping away work, health, family, different things. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I'll see about 80%. And if I'm able to sleep adequately, it, I should be able to kick it more so towards the 90, 95, 100%. Mm. It's interesting that you're able to identify almost like, you know, there's this one hurdle sort of thing. Mm. I know it's not, you're not saying as soon as you start sleeping, you're going to be 2000. But yeah. it's, it's, I think it's good that, you know, you, you're able to even identify, oh, this is one area which, yeah. You know, it's but yeah, no, it's a good answer. I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. And even into that end, um, two books that I would highly recommend is um, The 12 Week Year and Atomic Habits. So Atomic Habits is just very much about um, not seeing a goal as a mass or seeing a destination as a mass, but breaking them down into micro habits, but also even considering what is the keystone habit that will trigger all the other habits. So it's like um, if you want to get healthy and you're yeah, there was an example where it's like there was this athlete who trains every day at five o'clock and when asked about her habit she said her habit wasn't going to the gym at five o'clock but getting into the taxi at like 4 45 
So look, that, that was her only goal. So long as she got into that taxi, she knew she was going to work out. The taxi was booked, like prepped and stuff and just getting into that. And so, yeah, but, and she knows that once she gets into the gym, it's going to trigger a workout after the workout is going to trigger shower, eat, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of rolls into the day. <clears throat> so it's almost like a domino effect with your habits. So building those habits and then the 12 week year is like some people, because they have a yearly goal, they kind of take the first six to nine months, not doing anything and then trying to pop like plow through the whole yearly goal in the last three months. But if you were to break your year down into 12 weeks, so it'll literally be like just under a quarter and take each week as a month and then think, what will I need to do in each week to work towards the goal that I want to get at the end of the year? So that then helps you get the goal and then you can break it down into the habits that will lead to that goal. And then you've got 12 weeks to action it one week to review it and then tweak it and then another 12 weeks to action it and then kind of go in that cycle. So it gives you a structure to be able to evaluate things and to build habits and stuff to kind of go forward. Dope, dope. Yeah. That's good. My question for you, Moses, is what do you think would be different or what differences could you anticipate seeing mm-hmm. in marriage if we lived to like 200 or 300 years of age? Mm-hmm. I asked this because I was thinking about this today. I feel like 60, 70 years, you know, in a lifetime, that's, that's a good amount of time to be married to someone. If you're gonna add, if you're gonna add another two hundred years on top of that, <laughs> it's like you've done everything. <laughs> like, yeah, like I think yeah, travel the world a hundred like twenty times over. Um, one one thing that comes to me immediately is people won't put a almost like an expiration date on when they need to get married or when they need to be married by. Because now, as soon as you start hitting your 40s, if you're single, you're almost like, oh, am I am I ever going to find this person? Am I just going to die alone? Um, but if we're living to, like, over 200, you know that, yo, I've still got over 200 years, give or take, to find this person. Um, it may, in a secular sense, it may... Um, encourage um, messing about more to be sure that yo, this is the person that I want to spend the next 200 years with um, because it is a long period of time um, I do feel like it would um, so yeah those are two things it would slow down the rush to get married because you've got more time it may and in that slowing down of the time it may cause people to just think oh yeah I can I can sow my, my wild oats I've still got 200 years to kind of find the right one and settle down and stuff um but I think biblically it if we are to still marry at the ages that we are marrying now <clears throat> we will more likely be aware of the generational impact of our actions. 
Mm. Um, so like we will be living to see our great, great, great grandchildren, depending on at what age our children go on to have kids. Um, so they, there may be more of a legacy and a lineage where like we, we could actually sit down with mandem that were in, like slaves and that and actually hear those, those stories. Um, or even, because um, I think people that were in the Holocaust and survived the Holocaust are still like dying out. I think there's the, there's the last of them still dying out. Mm. There may be more of them who have survived and be able to kind of like share these stories. So I think our oral traditions and stories will be will be passed down a lot more. We may have more ties to our history. Um, so I think the generational impact will be a lot stronger. Um, and I think it would, we, I think we would feel the burden of love even more. Because, um, yeah, like, even now, when you hear someone has been married for 80 years, you're like, rah, 80 years? Like, how did you not do it? And to hear, oh, we've been married for 200 years. To be like, yo, how did you man do it? So I think the burden of love would be a lot more apparent. Will be, will recognize that, yo, like till death do us part, like mud. I got married at like 25. I got married at 23, but it's like random age. I got married at 30 till death do us part. I've, I've got like another 200 odd years. Like, yeah, we the the weight of of the of the covenant would be more significant because of the lifespan. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think those things come to mind immediately. Less rush, potentially more sleeping around, um, generational impacts, and um, the weight of love being um, more prayer precedent or we'll, we'll see the impact a lot more and i think if if jesus still died at 33 knowing that a normal lifespan is like over 200 that would literally be like he didn't even live a quarter of his life for us and yeah, like there will be a different significance to that sacrifice. Um, or no, not a different significance because the significant it, significance will remain the same, but it, it, there may be a different weight that we associate with it just based on the timeline of, of lifespan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting thoughts. <laughs> And if you gonna add Peter? <clears throat> um, not necessarily. I think it's it's interesting. I I, I thought about it slightly differently because I thought my, I had a question as to you know what does that mean for the rest of you know the rest of the biological things that are affected by time. For instance, you know childbearing age and women mm. that's still cut off at you know with menopause still hitting around that 40 to 50 mark you know if that is still the case then i think a lot of the things we do like i 
I, well, maybe this is just me, but I don't think a lot of us think in terms of we're going to live for 80, 90 years. And so, yeah, like things like I, I don't I, I wonder if those things aren't affected and everyone's still growing at the rate they're growing. Puberty still occurs at the rate it does. Yeah, I would even think along those lines, you know, because one of the things you want, you get married, you want to have kids. Well, nowadays, not so much, but, you know, marriage and kids were time box because there was mm-hmm. a clicking clock a clicking clock a clicking what ticking ticking clock. Ticking clock. <laughs> a ticking clock. i'm tired evidently <laughs> <laughs> there was a ticking clock you know going uh, going and so i wonder if those things will would affect it but yeah that, mm. it's, it's interesting yeah yeah that's that's actually a really good point because if menopause was still at the same same age then mm. literally again you you'd have a quarter of your life of fertility and then the rest just live and if you're living to 200 enjoying your children enjoying your children's children like literally that part of things would still be true and you'd almost be young enough to keep up you know if yeah well yeah you're living to 200 and you're not you know a vegetable by then yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah anyway oh it's cool and yeah i think it may it, it would quite um possibly have an impact on the way that we treat the earth mm, mm. um because i think i think like um like agriculture and stuff like that we would almost have this sense of they like we've got 200 years to live um but it could as, as peter said right as peter rightly said i'm not sitting here thinking oh i could die hey. I could die at night. Like, what's the what's the normal life expectancy? I'm yeah, just, the like, thing as well. Like, I'm 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 getting into my Thanos bag now because we'd have more people around for yes. longer. So oh. the the burden of food, like a lot of the destruction that we we are currently doing, is because it's necessitated almost like to feed the earth. You know, all the chicken that we've been eating. You know, the the the, the practices that they now use that are so detrimental mm. have only been designed because the demand was so high. And so if you've got people still around for that yeah. long, you know, I wonder if that would even be the concern. It would just be, we've still got so many mouths to feed. Yeah. And there's still so much demand. It might even get worse. We might destroy it sooner. You know, Musk might have to get us out. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you might, you might have to impose the one child family, the one family, one child rule or something like that where yeah. crazy. Crazy. All right, let's get into today's topic. Right. Oh. Let's try. I'm going to try and do this without saying any names because I don't want no trouble for myself, bro. <laughs> if you say a name, just stop and then continue. Uh, okay, uh, okay, no, no. Give, give it a space to. It's not so much a name. I just tried to, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it afterwards. So, I was going to say, probably the, the more you give about how you're not trying to give away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's this pastor I know, cool guy. Stress. <laughs> so, there's, there's this pastor I know, pretty cool guy, cool geezer, all of that good stuff. His wife. Oh. Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> not so much that she's a Jezebel and you know I had a conversation with, with with Andrea about her and I was so happy that she agreed 
Like, I was like, I, I was like, babe, what do you think about so-and-so? And she was like, why? What do you think about so-and-so? <laughs> Are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> Sometimes you ain't even got to say it. You just got to look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and so the conclusion that we came to, how can I put this? <laughs> we both felt like the father's wife was a fraud. <laughs> oh, dear gosh. So, like, you know, okay, fraud in the sense of, like, you know, being a pastor's wife, you you, you, you can be a pastor's wife because you've got the anointing and you're, you're the help me for the pastor. Mm-hmm. Or you can be a pastor's wife because you married a pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> Why am I getting Megan a good vibe? Yeah, like, oh, make it good. Like, make it good. <laughs> Oh, relax, man. Relax. I don't know how that world to make that joke. Yeah. I don't you, know how that world to make that joke. Anyway. And you know, I've had this pastor's wife. You know, if you're the pastor's wife, you're, you're going to be st- standing up and speaking in front of the message sometimes. You don't have to, but yeah. Yeah, no, but I think she enjoys being at the front of people. Mm-hmm. But then when she opens her mouth, I'm like, you know, it's yeah. not on you. And it's, right. <laughs> it's like, no, no. You're a fraud. You're a fraud. No. And, it, and it annoys me, but I'm over it. And then, but, not. but I know it's Andrea too, so I'm happy. <laughs> we... You're not alone. And, <laughs> and so I wanted to have a conversation. Okay, firstly, I've got a, a conversation about what do you think are the good qualities of a pastor's wife? <laughs> or, 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 or more than out, maybe a bit more. What do you think are the qualities? Oh no, okay. What? Give me a second. Let me think about this. What makes All right. a good pastor's wife? No, 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 no. Forget, forget the pastor's wife because that one there. <laughs> <laughs> what qualities do you think a woman needs? In order to be a good wife to a man that is about his ministry, like proper, proper. Mm. And when we say about his ministry, are we saying in like a, a pastoral? In like any sense, in, in, in any, any sense. sense, like yeah, like okay. you know what God's called you to do. You know what's called the quote unquote ministry, ministry to be. Are there like any like overarching qualities that a wife needs to have to, to help mm. me help me to minister in man? That's that's interesting. I think it goes without saying a prayerful wife. <clears throat> um I would hope that her husband would be a prayerful husband. Um just simply because by virtue of being very intentional about ministry, it means that your family is going to be opened up to spiritual attacks. Mm. And um, your marriage is going to be potentially susceptible to different attacks as well. And um, your children and blah, blah, blah. And then as much as, as the head of the household, it kind of falls on your shoulders to pray and stuff like that, to have that help meet, to have that support where both of you are standing together to pray. 
where you're going out ministering and like wife will bust two two tongues on your behalf um keep you prayed up and stuff in the background um and likewise you do for her um i would i would hope that there would be for a wife whose husband is gun ho about his ministry there will be a clear sense of calling on her life and it doesn't have to be whatever he's doing but she would have a sense of this is what god has called me to do so mm. she doesn't always live in the shadow of the husband but she's able to fully exercise and operate in her ministry her ministry literally could just be i'm here to, to raise raise up the children that's this is my conviction that god has given me or it could be there's another ministry that i'm setting up specifically for women or whatever and this is what god has called me to be so both of them having a sense of a clear sense of calling um and going for it now this calling may develop it's not going to be like oh yeah but it could develop it could like yeah but her also walking in the fullness of who god has called her to be um and I think that's just stuff like um, supportive cheerleaders um, trying to utilize each other's skills and capacities to the uh, to the best. Um, so I think it's more of a it will be more of a teamwork conversation than of a wife characteristic conversation. So it'll be very much like how they work in tandem. Um, because even as he is going out to do ministry, he needs to remember that his family is his first ministry. And so how is he serving them and how are they working in tandem to ensure that each other's ministries are flourishing in that um, way? Um, so, yeah, I'll say it'll be more of a teamwork conversation than an individual conversation for me. My thought should be. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, those are my issues, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's interesting because I think on the one hand, I, I actually don't like the idea that pastor's wife is his own position. In like, I feel like that's, there's something, there's something disingenuous, there's something hero worshipy about mm. that. Um, so that, that in and of itself sort of rubs me the wrong way slightly. Um, but that said, I think it's it's difficult because when it's ministry and it's you know the the the, a, the man for instance is called to ministry i think that's something that you kind of you kind of do it together you kind of mm. have to do it together and that might look like you know like mo said one person being there for the kids for a season but almost allowing for the, the the man or whatever to go and to do the things that he needs to do like a pastor's job is difficult and i'm thinking both in terms of the office of the the pastoral office and also mm -hmm. like like the the leader of a church for instance because mm. it is difficult and it is hard to be a father to that many people you know and and to some extent that's what you're supposed to do you are supposed to you know try and then you're not fathering them but you are their shepherd a spiritual leader yeah and you've got your own kids or you've got your own wife you've got your own thing too so there's sacrifice on your side but there's sacrifice that the the woman needs to make as well and needs mm. to be aware of needs to be willing to you know so it's it's yeah it's i think the two 
go hand in hand. One might be the face, always speaking, the pastor in the front, but that wife is part of that ministry. I, I, I don't know, I see it as such, and it's just, she can be part of that ministry and not be the one in the front. She can be part of that ministry and not be the one, um, you know, doing the pastoral course, but she is part of that ministry in affording him the luxury of doing that by taking yeah. care of the other things yeah. that need to be taken care of, you know. Um, and then that's not to get into gender roles or none of that nonsense. It's just saying mm. both of them are in it together, ideally. Both of them are in it together because that marriage is what's doing the ministry. It's not the pastor and it's not. Yeah. You know, that, that's why I really disdain that whole pastor's wife thing. But yeah, I just think they're both in it together. So a woman that's ready to do that, that's ready to be part of this and whatever capacity she's needed, I think is, is, the, is the thing. Oh. Yeah. So are you saying that you so I feel... Say, I was going to say as well, sorry, quickly. Um... I would like to think that even in that, a recognition of boundaries, mm. um, where it's like, when you are overstepping your your position, not and not just for the woman, but for the man as well. So it's like, if, <laughs> random example, if if your wife is almost running like a female ministry and then you're, you're almost coming black, now I think girls should be like this, so you should run it. It's like, bro, you're overstepping your boundaries right now. Just chill. Um, yes, Leia? Oh. I think you're going to push back on something, Rob. Oh, no, no, not so much push back. You okay, man? So, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because um, practically I see ministries that have been derailed because one partner has overstepped the boundary and almost usurped control from the other unknowingly because they've they've done that but yeah my daughter's just awake so no worries okay yeah so i was was gonna ask so if you so you you don't think that like as a woman if you get married to a pastor, there'll be certain expectations on you, or you think that there should be no expectations on the wife of a pastor? Not on her for being the wife. Like, there should be expectations of the the marriage. Like, I, I, I just see it as, I, I, I think making the distinction of pastor's wife, like creating that position is problematic. Because it should be both of them. It should be the the marriage. And and again, it's it doesn't have to necessarily look like they're both up there preaching mm. or they're both up there pastoring in whatever capacity. But I think it's it's both of them and I think the if if we are to have any expectations, it should be expectations of both of them in, in whatever you know, in in, in being leaders and being pastors you know they're they're both responsible for whatever those um expectations are i don't think it should be i don't think a pastor's wife should be a certain way if that makes sense because I, I don't like the idea of pastor's wife like i think of it in like fighters right fighting is is slightly different because it's inherently selfish or at least being a fighter is inherently selfish in that Everything that you have to do in, you know, if, if this is your means of providing, 
is self-serving. Your training, your eating, your going in there to fight, you're on your own. Everything is focused on one. However, what you will find is, especially with married fighters and fighters with kids, is actually you going to the training camp, you being away, you being injured, the wife is, you know, the wife is doing her part. If it's she's nursing you, if it's she's taking the care of the kids, she's watching the kids while you are out training, all of these things. And there's no such, there's no position, fighter's wife, but there's an understanding that when the fighter stands in there, his entire family is behind him. And whether that is by allowing him to go and train, whether that is by nursing him back to health, whether that is, you know, any number of things that they do, in doing that they are part of you know that that's they're they're part of the fighter you know and it's not a part fighter's wife and a fighter and i I think the same for a pastor shouldn't be a pastor's wife and then the pastor it's they are all part of that ministry you know they are one oh no but 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 i think there's that understanding that the pastor's wife is part of that ministry Mm -hmm. and and i guess people in the church look to the pastor's wife almost for like a, a a more gentler feminine as an ex- part of example okay then if that makes sense be a good wife yeah then just be a good wife and i guess then the question becomes what is a good wife <laughs> not making good <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding relax, i'm kidding relax. i'm kidding yeah, she was a good wife, but then the pressures was too much. She's saving Jonathan uh, Jonathan Majors now, isn't she? Come on, come on. Um, yeah, no, be, be, being a good wife, I think, is... Because there's, there's being supportive, there's being um, respectable, and, you know, being a representative of your family, being a representative of your husband whatever that you know looks like um but again i think it's uh, i guess so see how the bible says that you know those who teach will be judged more harshly mm-hmm. do you think that that that, that falls on Extends to the, the, wife. The, the, the teacher's wife as well i think so I think so because so there is like an extra expectation being the wife of a teacher slash pastor slash whatever maybe not so much because I think if the guy is teaching you can't you can't control what comes out of his mouth if that makes sense like you can't control what comes out of a person's you know what they (laughs) but you can control who you you marry to make sure that his his doctrine is good before you marry yeah yeah, no, I think I think because there is also the the reality that God will hold us accountable for, you know, our own our own you know, crap. So, I I I don't know if I'd say that extends to the wife because that's specific to carrying out the day to day. If the wife's up there preaching or teaching, then yeah, yeah, then then of course you you're also a teacher. But if you know the wife's part to play in that particular marriage under those specific sets of you know circumstances is taking care of the kids taking care on the home front supporting your husband encouraging him you know being his peace as it were then i don't think you get 
harsher judgment for that because you're not teaching so i think that's slightly different um mm. but i guess the pastor's wife should be a good wife because you are part of leadership or you're part of ministry and i think being a good wife is 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 unique to your marriage um but it's being a good partner to your husband and whatever that marriage needs you to do you do i guess mm. yeah so it's hard to come up with a generic answer i think do you think that what you felt like what god was calling you to do played played a part in you picking a need to be your wife specifically not necessarily in 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 part because I didn't know God, what God wanted me to do at the time, oh. fully. You know, I, I sort of knew it was sort of um, it was sort of God leading to a wife as opposed to God leading down a certain road and then therefore picking a certain wife. So no, um, I didn't really necessarily know what I was being called to in those times. Um, you know, uh, but that didn't affect the choice of partner. On my part, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that? What about what about yourself, though? Like, oh, I... <laughs> me? I know you're not a pastor, but you know, like, would what what God puts on your heart to do with your sort of ministries, as it were, ministry being, I think you doing what God has called you to do. You know, yeah. did that affect your choice of? Drea, you know. I think no. I think I could I think part of the reason I chose her was because I could see how she would be a good help me for what I needed or, or, or what I felt like God was calling me to do. Okay. So like it wasn't like I was trying to slot her into my plans, nor was it I was changing my plans so I could be with her. It just felt like the two were coming together. And so it made sense, mm. which, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also I felt like, and what I could see or felt like she was was going to do ministry wise, I felt like I could be a good help me for her in doing that as well. Mm. Um, yeah, because she's very much the out front superstar, and not very much the guy at the back, you know. Mm. And it's this, and and I think that at least for us, that that dynamic works really well. Mm. I know for some guys. Like the 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 thought of the the woman being the one at the front, it makes the burning side. Yeah. <laughs> Wife can't be the superstar. They gotta be the superstar. Yeah. I was gonna say as well. I feel like we are who we are, um, because we have been impacted directly by our spouses, and so. Um, Peter, you dated Anita for a significantly long amount of time before you actually got married to her. Mm. And so arguably... No hanky-panky. No ringy, no dingy. We still... 
<laughs> said with the most amount of pride. <laughs> um, See purity culture at, at its finest. At its finest. <laughs> Um, yeah, nah, because he just said it like we were cohabiting before he got married. <laughs> well, like <laughs> FYI, um, but arguably you wouldn't be the peer you are now, outside of that time of courtship. Yeah. Um, and so even for the ministry you have now, God has directly and indirectly used her in shaping you for this ministry now. Mm. Um, and that's definitely one thing that I see in ministry especially within a marital covenant like sense we are directly shaped by the in this covenant in this marriage and being more uh, molded more and more into who god has called us to be by virtue of who we are paired with um how do you feel like you've been shaped for ministry by by jimmy bro where do i start where um I was going to say as well, I do I do feel like you and Dre are picked. I agree with what you said in that you had you had a, a view to what you felt God was calling you to do in you picking each other. Um, there was a, like, a mutual attraction and almost this affirmation of, like, yo, like, there, there is synergy b- within how God is calling us and how we kind of want to live, live our life and stuff. Mm. Um yeah, Peter and I, on the other hand, there wasn't a sense of, oh, no, this is this is what it's going to be. And mm. you're going to be this person. Like, I've, I've heard someone legit say his wife is, isn't just meant to be a help me. But all of these things, when, when we get to heaven, I'm not even going to be your husband and that. So you're only here to help me fulfill my purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, bro, is this the mentality you're trying to enter a relationship with? Come on. Like, your purpose is to help me fulfill my purpose. And that's it. Then we go our separate ways. Then we go our separate ways. Raw. Where you just fuck? Bro. What went off like the fight the fly? The fly is hefty, you know? The fly took more offline. The fly is hefty. It's one of them green bottle flies, like. It's one of those movie scenes. You just hear commotion, and then the, the, the camera goes out when the camera comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Most flat lines. Still about, still about. But I weren't trying to swat in front of the camera and that. Um, how have I been changed in my relationship with Gems? I feel like yeah, there has been molded. so much. Mo- yeah, there's been so much um, discovering myself, um, recognizing how um, self-centered I have been historically, um, trying to even the way that I parent, recognizing that I, I have the um, the African tendency of you see when you hit JSS. JSS one and then the JSS three guys are making you fetch water, making you, and then you're you're in JSS one just like yo. When I hit JSS three, uh, I'm gonna give it to these guys, yeah. and it's, there's almost this like waiting to be in a in a senior position to be able to hand down the stuff that you received and it's back. Um, <laughs> 
bro. Oh, um, fam. And unlearning that, unlearning like when they say Africans only have kids so that they can get slaves, they can get servants to be like, yo, like just cause I'm sitting here and like the, the remote's over there doesn't mean I need to call my child from upstairs to come get the remote from me. I, I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. But also unlearning some of the stuff that I have learned and stuff like that. And like, she has been a major, major part of that learning process. Um, yeah, like there's there's been a lot. I can't I can't go into it now, um, but the molding has been a lot and painful. Mm. I would add painful. Yeah, I'm still about mm-hmm. <laughs> until that until that fly gets its wings on you. Yeah. Um, do you think that ideally in a marriage the husband should be at a higher quote-unquote spiritual slash knowledge level than the wife no. to, 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 to be able to lead the household in a Christ-like way well? Not necessarily. I think, um, I think the man should always be striving for that. So if, if, you, if, there's, if there's a man and he's at the very least striving towards knowing God better, striving towards knowing God's will, striving towards following God's will, then I think that suffices because that would require a wife. You know, for instance, so the, the insinuation from your question of being, can the wife be more spiritually mature or can the wife be at a higher level spiritually than the man? If the man is that, that's my bare minimum. You are a man that's striving after God. <laughs> if the man is there and the woman is more mature, she trusts not necessarily the man, she trusts God to work through the man, if that makes sense. Mm. And so her submitting to the man isn't because of the man. And it really should never be. It's because of God and in trusting that in her submitting to this man as God has directed her to, God is able to lead through this man despite maybe her being more advanced, more mature, mm. more, um, more, more experienced, whatever the case in, in her spirituality. So no, I don't necessarily think the man has to be ahead whatever that means um but i think if the man is striving after god that's that's enough, that's enough. so spanner hmm. let's let's wife. take my wife no, no, i was gonna say my wife my daughter not my daughter <laughs> she needs to marry a saint <laughs> what's it um sinless perfection um so I was gonna say, so if we if we take if we take it from a fighting perspective, mm. and as a husband, you see it as your duty to protect your wife. Mm. Um, so if like, w- would you then say you need to be um, physically stronger to do that? to protect, to fight, if someone was to break into the house, to be able to fend them off without your wife having to worry about it? Um, would you say Would you say you need to be stronger? I would say that in, in, in those kind of situations, my wife's ability shouldn't affect my ability to protect the family. Nice. Mm. Nice. What if you, marry- you need to be strong. Yeah? What if you marry like a, 
like a Ronda Rousey type, or Fam. you got mighty like I don't know Zhang Weili, you know the women's featherweight. You start with the one to be up the, the the guy because you because well, I'm better what... at it. Like but but here, better at it. She 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 might be the last defense. If you go and you get whooped, then they meet her. You She's the final boss. <laughs> she won't. <laughs> She's, she... She's the final. No, but but picture that man comes into the bedroom. Signed whooping. Man man comes into this bedroom. And you're Babe, all hunched. Take care in, of him. You're all hunched in the thing, covering yourself under the duvet, <laughs> no, and, and the wife is. Like, oh, you're gonna be sitting there popcorn. I low, I low. You know, do, do your thing. Do your thing. Handle your thing. Nah, go earn your payslip. You have to at least like get beaten up to say that at least you tried. You know. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> because I think there's this perception that if you. If you want to be the, be, be the protector of your household, mm. it means automatically you're going to win every altercation and every fight that you're going to be in. It's not the case. Yeah, but if it you is... don't, then how are you protecting your household? No, no, but at least you tried, you know? <laughs> at least you can say you tried to the best of your abilities. But your abilities are just not enough. You want to take a beating for pride. You want to take a beating to say you took the beating at least. Because, yeah. So, you soften them up for her. I'm, I'm bringing this up because it's like, if... If, if like, you're married to a Ronda Rousey or someone like that, mm. I'm not necessarily um, thinking that you would think I need to be stronger than her. Mm. But almost, like, I still need to be strong enough to defend her. Mm. So I may not necessarily need to be on her level. So it's like, if one skinny guy comes into the house, I'm whooping him. But if one hench done comes in, hey, babes, I know my pay grade. This is, this is for you. Uh, <laughs> but it's a case of, like being strong enough in order to to defend it. And I think it kind of is comparable to on a spiritual level where it's like, you don't need to be the Samson in the house, but you need to be able to hold it down. I mean, you need to be able to lead. We talk about protecting though, like in, in today's society, are we really doing that much physical protection of our families? Even in South London you are. If you live in South, fair, fair. <laughs> if you live in South, I mean, the, the only protection that we're doing right now is just like firewalls and and them things there, <laughs> and like trying to prevent hackers and all of them things. But um, be, because the the thing is, even though the chance of, of us ever having to fight is very low. You don't be caught at that one time. It's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener. Than a gardener in a war. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, just that comparison and that yes, I I don't need to be stronger than my wife, but I need to be strong enough to protect her. I don't need to be the person earning the most amount of money in the house, but I need to be a good steward over what comes into the house. Mm. I don't need to be the person who's always like up at 5am interceding on behalf of the nations and blah, blah, blah. But I need to be able to stand whenever something's coming against my family. Mm. So I, 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 there's sort of a pre-question in that, what do you guys subscribe to egalitarianism or complementarianism in terms of authority in the marriage? So are you guys, we are, you know, there, there are specific gender roles that we need to fulfill or are you you know bring your skills to the table and, and let's let's play the hands we're dealt with, with I think you guys? I think outside of breastfeeding and birthing kids 
Everything's on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do feel like it's an amalgamation of the two, in that there are there are like I take my role as as the head seriously. Like my first ministry is to my wife. I am to love her as Christ loved the church. That is a command straight to the husbands. Mm. Um, and that and it's like. Um, he he laid down his life for a people who were calling out crucify him. Mm. Um, and the church's response to Jesus is a response, is a response to what he has done for them. Mm. So it's like Jesus was the one who reached out his hand mm. and then the church reaches out her hand in response. Um, and even saying a man who finds a wife finds a good thing, there's almost this um impetus from the man where it's just like you're stepping out you're meant to be protecting you're meant to be doing these things and so i see it as there's been a responsibility a biblical responsibility laid out on the husband over his household but within the fleshing out of that bro you're not going no every husband is not going to be the best at accountant and finance and whatever sometimes the wife can pattern the finances better than the husband recognizing recognizing in your humility like yo you're better at me than this and so let's pull our resources together but again the husband being like yo okay and it it may be as well that the wife be like i'm better at delegating i'm better at saying you're good at this you're good at that and i'm just the husband is like i'm just good at getting things done Mm -hmm. so again they can sit down and chalk it up and be like all right cool who, yeah. who do you think should get what? So I guess, yeah, th- there's a responsibility that f- falls on the man, but the way in which it's played out, I do think is more complementary, mm. but it doesn't deny the biblical mandate on a husband to be the head of the household and to, and to be the person who steps out first. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, um, I do think that, at least for me as a man, the responsibility falls... <laughs> responsibility falls on my shoulders so like if something goes wrong even if it's something that Andrew was supposed to take care of it's on me that it went wrong yeah you know yeah. and um, yeah and I feel like as a man that's part of my job in covering my wife mm-hmm. um, be it if it's toxic masculinity, it's toxic masculinity. You know, mm. um, yeah. There, there are certain things that I feel like a man should do. You know, protect your wife. Um, yeah, protect your wife. Protect your wife. Take responsibility. Um, pull out her chair. You, you know the 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 like chivalry things out there. You know, yeah, pulling out chairs for drink. <laughs> Yeah, pulling out chairs. I do, I yeah, do. Chairs. Walk between her and the roads. You know, all of this cute stuff. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Nah, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I so, I, and I, I, I would, yeah, I would extend yeah. that to the spiritual side as well, where it's just like you don't need to be the best, but you need to recognize your responsibility as a husband. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Peter, in, in that sometimes we can place too much emphasis on the, on the titles. And so positionally, we, we place more emphasis on, on positional authority rather than relational authority. And ministry should be more so relational authority. Um, and so the fleshing out of the marriage will impact the fleshing out of the ministry. 
how supportive the wife is kind of within the marriage and the husband is like working with the wife within the marriage kind of spills out into the ministry. And so um, arguably a good quote unquote pastor's wife looks like a good quote unquote wife, um, whatever that may be. Yeah. If a husband and a wife both feel like they've heard God say something, mm. but but it's not like on the same wavelength, should the wife always submit to the husband's hearing of God mm. with the knowledge that she trusts that her husband does hear from God? I think so. But then I think... Like... So I, I really always look to, I mean, we were talking about Abraham and Sarah uh, earlier. I looked to them, right? And Sarah called Abraham Lord. You know, so there was an element of, okay, Sarah demonstrated what this whole idea of a woman submitting was. Mm. But it was Sarah's idea that he sleeps with Ahigah. It was Sarah's idea that he sends Ishmael away. It was Sarah that, you know, like, I, I, and so there's this element of, She's stupid. No, 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 not stupid. But there's an element of. There's an element I'm of. I'm laying around. I'm saying. Wow, um, we're going to get the feminist coming, <laughs> coming through, boy. Uh, there's an element of influence. There's an element of being able to, um, to wisely affect or you know, to to to, to make. Yeah, to, to wisely influence a decision. Now, if the two of you are, are hearing something and you believe you are right and you believe he is wrong, you know, and, but he believes he is right and he believes you're wrong and the two can't meet in the middle, you know, I, I'd say as the as the godly wife, you submit that to God and you say, well, you know, I feel like he's got it. And so I'm going to, I, I feel like I've got it, but what he's saying, I submit because you've asked me to submit, definitely. But then if there's a way to sort of speak to your husband or, you know, implore or, you know, influence, there's a way to get your point across, then go ahead, you know, without, there's, there's a way to do it without needing to usurp um, leadership and without needing to disrespect, I think, almost. But if yeah. it comes down to it, I think, unfortunately... It's on the guy, I think. Yeah, it comes down to it. If it's if it's a time sensitive situation, then I, I would kind of say yeah. Um, it falls on the guy, and some may see as oh what, so the guy just makes the decision, yeah, without recognizing the the weight of that decision, which yeah. then falls on a man and the implications if he's wrong. Yeah, um, knowing that yo, you've just taken your whole family down this path believing that it's God and and we're we're I am kind of sharing this believing that this man is a godly man who will oh, feel yeah. sorrow remorse yeah. conviction and stuff like yeah. that and not not just be like ah oh, well it is what it is isn't it we're here now yeah. um but we we'll actually feel like yo like I've just taken my family down this path believing it was God but it wasn't yeah. um there will be an implication in that and he would almost kind of see the wisdom in whatever his wife was saying um if it isn't time sensitive, I have found it more beneficial to um, simply just go back to God and be like, God, I heard this from you in it. So if it is you, you're going to have to tell her. Mm -hmm. And I find that what tends to happen is 
God tells her in some way, shape or form. So like even like on a practical note, coming to his house, there was one day when I, I felt God clearly say like, this is the church for you. And in the service, I said to James, yo, this is where we're coming. And I could see in her face that she wasn't ready for that. So I was just like, this is where we're coming, but I'm gonna, I'm going to allow you to grow at your own pace into this, into this decision, into this position that we're in. And she did a fast. She had asked me for a passage. I gave her the passage. And as she was kind of meditating and praying and going through it, she then hollered me back and was like, yeah, his house is our church. And I was like, yeah, I knew it. So now that you're on board, let's do this. And it was literally within the same week. Um, but thankfully that wasn't time, sens- time sensitive. So it wasn't a case of what we need as a jump ship tomorrow. Um, Cause I find that on a practical level, um, going down the route of I'm the head, I'm just going to do it can build in resentment from the wife's part um, to be like, yo, like I'm only in this position because you thought God was saying that we need to do this, innit? And if 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 not done sensitively and taking your wife into consideration, she could just feel as though like, yeah, she's just being ignored. She's just going on because because you've said so and she doesn't really have a say and stuff. And that can build in resentment. And that's the last thing you want in your marriage. Yeah, I've been, um, finding that, uh, I've been finding that it's important to acknowledge your wife's point of view as well, even if even if it's not the point of view you're going to to go down. Yeah, that way she feels like she's been heard. Yeah, you know, just that's what she said to the wayside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think as well though, like everything you guys have said, I think the presumption being this guy is, is the godly guy who even if they went with the other direction, he would still, as you said, Robert, he would still take responsibility for that in the end. I think sometimes it also comes down to that sacrificial. So this is controversial, mm. but I think Jesus allows us to whore ourselves out. He allows the church <laughs> to whore itself out to some extent, if that makes sense. So Israel, you know, Israel, God said, if you guys do this, I'm going to turn away from you and there'll be punishment, but when you cry out to me, I'll pick you out. There's an element of God allowing them to choose that which is not good for them, right? And I think as sometimes it's like, if there's a decision and I have heard from God, you've heard from God, and then thinking about it, I recognize that I can exist in both situations. I can be okay here. I can be okay with your one. You will cry with my one, but you'll be okay with your one. Let's go with your one for now, if that makes sense. Because mm. there you are. It's like it's it's sacrificial, but for your for your benefit, if that makes sense. Mm. So I think that's an element as well that sometimes the guys can do in those situations. That's yeah. for you. Let's do it this way because this is what you would, you know, this is what would not destroy you, as it were. Yeah. You know. But, yeah. yeah, and even further to your point, Hosea and Goma. Yeah. yeah. That God was like, go marry a prostitute. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> not, not save a prostitute and then go marry her. Go marry her because she went back. You can't save these hoes. <laughs> so yeah, nah, that 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 is that that is that is a really good point. Um Yeah. Cause like I've I've heard people say like God will love you to the gates of hell. Mm. 
like if, if you're walking there God would though, yeah like he will love you to the like obviously that that's not his desire for you no. that's not his intention for he will try everything get to back. get you to turn that's around but if you he's not if you're walking there he's going there with you like tapping you on your shoulder yo turn around I'm here yeah. so yeah which is which can be hard to swallow at times but yeah Cool. That's a nice place to round up. Cool, 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 cool. Hookups, 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 hookups. Hook hook go, go for it. So I've been filling a um a YouTube channel called Brendan Ross. Let me make sure. Yeah, Brendan Ross. He's a saxophonist, um, and he just got like what. Just the way you said it, my mind was somewhere else. Did I say it wrong? No, you didn't. I just heard the first part and my mind went left. He's a sexy. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's got like um, a couple like hour-long saxophone covers um, that we find really cool. Because I like my lo-fi. I like music without instrumentals. Um, and Do you mean music without vocals? I like, yeah, music without vocals. Sorry. He's got like a couple, um, yeah, covers of Afrobeat songs as well um, that are really, really cool. So that's been like my work music for the past couple nice. of weeks. So yeah, Brendan Ross, check him out. I think my hookup, not my hookup, is <clears throat> an anime, Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm. Jujutsu Kaisen. I've been meaning to get into that, so I am not want to go into it yet. Hidden Inventory. Hidden Inventory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much death. I watched I watched the last episode of the current season today. And I was just like, yeah. I like the way they started it with the like little flashback. So you've got the history. I, yeah, I like it. I like it. So I'm uh, yeah. Jujutsu Kaisen. I am currently desperately trying to not watch another youtube channel that summarizes the manga because yeah so far ahead, yeah i know where yeah going and i'm not yeah. interested in more but yeah. do you know what I've, I've fallen down the rabbit hole of um watching the man watching summaries of the manga for black clover because black clover on crunchyroll stops at episode 170 but the manga is like way far and it's just like They've stopped, apparently they're going to release more Black Clover. When they do, that's going to be my hookup. Um, even Demon Slayer, the manga is moving mud. The manga's done. Okay, that's the, done. okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying not to watch the manga. I made a mistake of uh, learning about the end of um, Demon Slayer. Yeah. Let me drop off for a few things, but yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying not to get into it, but yeah, I'm waiting for the for the animations to anime. Uh, Robert, your team. Cool. Um, uh, my hookup. My hookup. I don't know if I have a hookup this week. Let me think. Give me a second. Go watch Titanic. Great film. It's a dope film, but I'm I'm perplexed as to why that's your hookup. <laughs> oh, like um, I was uh, I, I was talking to Andrea about it this morning, I was, and I just remembered how good it was. So I was like, yeah, Titanic. Before I injured my knee, my last jiu-jitsu class, 
the instructor was looking for music to play and I was talking to someone else. I was like, oh, what should I play today for class? And I just shouted, Celine Dion. <laughs> what are we <laughs> listening to? My heart will go on when we're trying to choke each other out. <laughs> it was a whole session as well. The entire 90 minutes was a Celine Dion song. So it was like, yeah. You thought you were busting a joke, man. I was like, I, I was busting a joke. I was like, ah, you know what? Let's see. And it worked out. <laughs> Got really intimate that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, cool. Um, shout out for the intro, outro music, Kevin Turner, Audrey, Amazing Logo, Twitter or X, I defend this UK. You can email us at tbsfurnace.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacks Furnace. No apostrophe on all good podcasts and websites and apps. The Blacks Furnace with an apostrophe. And that's it. Come on, Alexis Burns signing out. Blah, blah.